This podcast is a podcast radio original. And without further ado, we welcome the team behind New Voodoo who are going to give us research about this industry, this exciting industry that I have outlined. So thank you very much, Lee and Carol, and the stage is yours. I own a company called New Voodoo Media Services. Uh, we've been around since 2010. My background goes to the radio industry since 19... And uh, I've been around for a very long time. We do research and marketing, not only for the radio and podcasting industry, but we do consumer brands. Now we're doing a lot of different things because the world is changing. This is... Lee Jacobs and everything she said kind of ditto, except that for she and I have been working together for 22 years, which is stupid. Um, and some of my background prior to that was in content creation. And so we have sort of interesting points of view as we walk into this? Um, we start, back in the day when I was in radio, we used to say, if you're doing focus groups, you don't know your business very well. If you're having these one-on-one -on -one conversations with listeners, you don't know your business very well. In 2022, I'm going to say, none of us know our business well enough not to talk directly to consumers. So this presentation will include uh, clips of conversations we had with podcast users, and these are heavy users who have a lot to say, and you'll be hearing what they have to say during the course of uh, the presentation. There's good news and bad news to hear, but I think we need to hear all of it, and I'm going to say there's more good news than bad news in this industry from the consumer perspective. So we, after we did all the qualitative and listened to all these people speak, we did um, a quantitative study. You always have to quantify. You don't believe the one guy at the end of the room who has... Come on, he's always right. Yeah, he's, if anybody's been in a focus group, a whole focus group, the guy sitting directly across from the monitor always has something to say, and everybody else agrees with them, even if they didn't before. It's really kind of an interesting dynamic. Anyway, we quantify everything, and for this study, we went 14 to 57, which is three generations, Gen Z... And I know Gen Z is a little younger than that, but uh, COPA regulations say we can't talk to them until they're 14. Um, then millennials, and then Gen X, which goes all the way to 57. Um, we completely avoided the baby, boomer, baby boomers because we don't count anymore. <laughs> Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Um, we're less and less relevant, which is kind of liberating. <laughs> and we actually, we started... We always like to start with the population. We started with over 5,000 14 to 57 year olds. And, um, but because we required these respondents to listen to podcasts for at least an hour a week, and most of them listened a lot more than that, um, we wanted people who had a stake in this to be part of this sample. And that netted down to, what's our number, 1,000 something or other? 1,691 14 to 57 year olds who listen to podcasts at least an hour a week. It's still a monstrous sample. And you'll notice there that the rat and the snake, if you will, is the millennials. And frankly, it's a little more so than that if you break it up by gender, because then it looks like this. This sample is so incredibly heavy on millennial guys. The original sample, remember, was it was a population-based sample, so that it was, you know based on what the real population is. So what we're seeing here is that rat and the snake. And it's so largely 
male millennials. And I also want to point out that as you go across, and you'll see where we outline them in yellow, or rather green, um, there's a pretty big disparity between men and women at millennials and Gen X. But at Gen Z, now we're talking about young women who've grown up with more technology, and it's just a lot more level. It's not the like, oh, I don't know if I can use that kind of technology. Of course they can. They're fearless when it comes to technology. So when you get to the bottom of this sample, what we're talking about compared to the universe, those who listen to podcasts at least an hour a week, millennial men make up 36% of that, and, mil and millennials overall make up 55% of this sample of uh, 14 to 57-year-olds. Well, that's a mouthful, isn't it? Okay, so to get down to this presentation, we have six things that really stand out. And I'm going to tell you, I've been talking to talk radio people for... Um, a while. Yeah, well over a generation saying, uh, you know, guys, people are talking about more things than what angry old white guys want to talk about. You might want to consider changing the subject manager, um, matter up a little bit beyond right-wing politics. Uh, nobody's listened yet. So the podcast industry has come up with 2.4 million podcasts, which is the number that it is now, uh, according to the Google machine. Um, and the number's only growing. Uh, and that affirms the position that we are allowed, to, in the podcast industry, to talk about a whole lot of stuff. You're allowed to focus in on tiny segments of interest. And I find that to be opportunity. So we have six things that stand out. It's easy to listen. I personally walk every day in Cincinnati, Ohio, and have a podcast in my ear the whole time. Lots of channels. Uh, there's a huge upside when commercials are done well. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's something you really need to pay attention to because they told us what to do. And listeners do abandon episodes, uh, but there are some best practices to keep them in. And technical quality does matter in terms of podcasting. So we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive into each of these six issues. Podcasts allow listeners into uh, deeper uh, topic areas, and traditional media has really been chipping away at what's considered valuable contact by, by assuming that what's valuable is the least objectionable. You know, well, they don't like this, we're going to take it away. They're going to, oh, they don't like this. You know, I had, I had a, a boss once who said, you know, if we take out all the ne negatives, we're going to be left with white noise because everybody doesn't like something. But traditional media has been trying to do that for years. And um, I'm not sure it's working. As we uh, chip away at anything anyone might find disagreeable, broadcast and uh, traditional media is, is leaving us with pretty much nothing. Um, you only have to please a small segment in the podcast industry to really be successful. So if we start out with 18 different topic areas, and just ask these podcast listeners, how interested are you in these different topics? The numbers are pretty close from the top to the bottom. 51% for true crime and comedy at the top. Scripted drama, oh my God, at the bottom. I know a producer of a, of a scripted drama podcast, and he was like, 37%, that's a lot less. And it's like, no, it's still monstrous. There's lots of interest in almost anything. And uh, there are other interest verticals that we didn't even get to here. But whatever it is, you could probably find an audience. And if we divvy it up by gender and generation, 
you'll see while there are some through lines, everybody wants to laugh, we all like comedy, the top fives aren't always the same. So if you have an audience that you're trying to serve with a podcast, you can pay attention to, well, where are we likely to find listeners? What's their top five? Where, where is it? And, okay, so we only looked at 18 different topic areas. Are they filled up? Well, with 2.4 million podcasts, maybe it is, but these listeners say it's not that the parts of these, great, of these bars that are uh, pasteled are the people who say, yeah, I want that, but either I don't like the one I'm listening to now or I wish there was a better one or I don't know where to find that. There is opportunity in each and every one of these verticals, bar none. I usually will listen to some sort of healthcare podcast. I work as a nurse practitioner and there's always so much um, information that changes. So it's a nice way to stay up to date. And then it also gives me continuing education hours. I think that you can do a little more in a podcast form that you can't do in like shorter format, like having a whole hour to like really dive into a topic with an interesting guest for a long period of time. I thought that was pretty cool. And it's also just nice, you know, I feel like I really learn a lot uh, while, while listening and watching them. And then, um, you know, I'm able to apply that knowledge to my daily life, which I, I really find valuable. Generally, the topics I find really interesting, they seem to be like a pretty good length, like a good level of detail, not too short, not too long. And yeah, like I, I feel like every topic is always just really interesting to me. I really like the ones I really like. Uh, they keep it fresh. They keep. They sound like they're having fun doing it. They're not too long, not too short. They come out pretty often with new content. So I'm, I'm quite pleased. I feel like everyone has a podcast now. That too. Like I feel like you listen to like a morning radio show and they're like, oh, go check out our podcast. I get just way too many uh, podcasts pushing to my phone that I'm not even listening to. So now we come to number two. Podcasting got its name from iPods, remember those? And that's how a lot of people started listening, but it's so much wider and, and deeper now. People listen on, in the car, they listen on earbuds, they listen, I mean, I listen Saturday mornings when there's not, I, I work early in the morning, I listen to half a dozen podcasts on my computer in the morning. Um, you can listen to it on your TV, they are so portable. And unlike a TV show or even having a radio on, we found that because of specific interests and the interest level in the topic being discussed, many people prefer not to share the experience with other people. We found that curious. This is a solitary, I mean, you've, when you've got them, you've got them and you've pretty much got them alone. So when we ask them, where are you when you're listening to podcasts? Most say at home, but half of this sample of frequent podcast listeners, car or truck, vehicle, and the more that happens for podcasting, it's immense. The opportunity is just unimaginable because these are people who are captive. They got nothing else to do. They're driving. And unlike spoken word radio, they all hear the podcast from the beginning. We're all hearing it at the same time. You don't have to reintroduce the guest. It's right there. Exercising outside your home, shopping outside your home. You see people plugged into AirPods all the time now and they can be consuming content wherever they are, train, bus, subway. Work happens, I don't know how they do it, I can't listen to spoken word while I'm working, but there clearly are some people who can. If you break it down by generation and gender, you'll see that 
you know, the, the technically inclined, you know, the millennial males, the Gen X males, that's where you get the heavy weight of people figuring out how to use this in the car. And as it spreads out of the home and out of just an exercise companion, that's a huge, huge opportunity. And so when we looked at the overall sample of 5,010 14 to 57-year-olds, and said, what kind of a radio do you have in your vehicle, your audio system, entertainment system now? You'll see if I compare that with the people who say they're listening to podcasts in a car or truck, smaller group, but they lean a lot more toward those people who have some more connected vehicle, either one with a native, uh, native apps right there on the dashboard, the connected vehicle system, or one that, where they can physically plug a smartphone in or connect it via, via Bluetooth. Much more likely to be in-car consumers of podcasting. I pretty much only listen to a podcast if I like go for a walk or a run. I need something that keeps my attention off of, oh my gosh, I've been running for eight miles. So doing dishes, like, I, I, like I'm like incapable of doing dishes unless I'm listening to a podcast. Driving, if I'm taking a drive by myself, I will listen to podcasts generally. If I have a plane flight, I almost exclusively listen to podcasts while I'm traveling. I listen to podcasts when I'm, uh, well, I work from home. When I'm not on the phone, I, I have it on usually, or I, on the weekends or while I'm doing chores or just um, I like to be doing something, but when I do something, I like to listen to something, and that's where I do it. I'm almost always driving. Car speakers, uh, mostly alone. My partner and I, we've tried to listen to podcasts uh, together, but then there's just too much to talk about, and we end up forgetting half the podcast. Okay, so they're listening to podcasts, and it, it, it's interesting that it seems to be a solitary experience. I mean, I don't listen with anybody else either. Um, Okay, now for me and for a lot of the people we talk to, word of mouth is an incredibly effective way to do it, but there are also ways to market and sort of replicate word of mouth. I mean, I find myself sitting and having a drink with friends, and we talk about what podcasts we're listening to, and that's how I found out about at least half the podcasts I listen to. But there are different channels where you can find out about podcasts you might be interested in. So when we ask them, have you recommended podcasts to friends? Here I've shown it broken out by how much time they spend listening to podcasts. And those who are listening to podcasts 10 hours a week or more, it's almost universal. 81% say, well, of course I have. So friends turns out to be an amazingly potent way that people have been able to learn about podcasts they didn't know about yet. But by the way, YouTube turns out to be incredibly powerful. Podcast apps themselves, the referral engines within the apps, Facebook, Instagram, all of these digital channels have a place uh, at that party to try to persuade people that, hey, this is something you actually need to pay attention to. And like the podcast like series that I've listened to previously, like they've all been uh, recommendations from people that I work with. I didn't used to listen to The Daily until I had a friend recommend it to me as like a, a nice thing to listen to, like probably back in 2017, 2018, as like a nice way to like kind of key into the news. I think a lot of that discovery is people I uh, like or follow went on this podcast to promote something they're doing. I think the, the primary engine of finding new podcasts is podcasts. 
would probably be word of mouth, um, but I'm not necessarily actively testing them out, trying them like on the search. We got into like Conan O'Brien's podcast. Like Conan O'Brien is a friend. <laughs> that was a recommendation from a friend. Um, and so you'll notice that heavy podcast listeners, the folks in yellow here, are susceptible to ads on all manner of channels, particularly YouTube, Google, Instagram, websites in general. These are all places where if you can find the right consumers, you can at a reasonable rate get your message in front of them and hope to persuade them that, oh, I did need to know about that podcast. For me, the Dave Ramsey show, we had done it like a financial class um, put on by their organization. So I'm aware of it through that. Now, here's one thing that is sort of a note of caution in, frankly, a presentation that's all upside. But I've got 61% of the heavy podcast listeners saying that I used to talk regularly about podcasts with my friends, but it's rare we talk about them now. Podcasting so desperately needs a serial-sized cultural hit right now to force that conversation back up top to the surface. So the big elephant in the room for anybody trying to monetize um, content or commercials. Um, it's the elephant in the room. Nobody wants to talk about it. People hate commercials except for Super Bowl Sunday for some reason. They don't hate them as much. Um, which gives you a hint. Production and copywriting have really become lost skills. They used to, when I started, they were, it was important. But there is, if you do, if you do it right, they're going to tell us exactly how to do it right. Part of that is good production, good writing, personal endorsements, embedding in the content by the host. You know, if, if they truly believe in the product, I mean, I know I've ordered things that, you know, someone might have said they liked. Mascara I'm wearing, actually. But there is a huge upside if you do the commercials well. Well, of course, it's easy. This was a cheap one. There are too many commercials in some podcasts. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely, definitely that. The more you listen, the more likely you are to agree with that. What drives me nuts, probably when the commercials really interrupt the flow. That is a huge turnoff. I do find a lot of the advertisements just really repetitive. The same reading of the same ad, and you listen to it like four times within one podcast. I don't even want to know about it by the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, they can create a negative connotation. I think, with yeah. Whatever they're selling, even if you didn't have one before. I don't listen to them, if I'm going to be honest. You can sense them coming. Like, once they get to that, like, little break in most episodes, it's like, bloop, 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 hit that 15-second skip thing, and then cool. <laughs> Some of the podcasts have just, like, in an, a very large amount of advertisements in an excessive manner. Yet when we ask them which best describes what you do when commercials come on during a podcast, overall, 28% say, I listen to them. 40% say they listen to the ones where the hosts talk about the product or service and get to joke around a little bit. A little bit of freedom where the, where the commercial becomes a part of the show. There are the folks like the woman who was just on who say, yep, I just skipped through the pre-recorded you know, pre ones or I just skipped through all of them. The more you listen, the more likely you are to admit that, yeah, I just 
listen to the commercials too. They go by, it's okay. The podcaster was like, I love these things. These, I use them myself. So they just made it sound like, ooh, I might actually really like that product. And I trust these content creators. I think I prefer the ones that are the reads by the actual podcast hosts versus the company does the commercial and they just must send the audio file over. I'm certainly more likely to, to skip through the ones that are just pre-recorded. And then with hosts, it, it's really up to the individual host. At the beginning, I have enough patience to wait for them. Um, towards the middle or end is when I would fast forward. People generally skip over the commercial. The Weekly Planet, they do have commercials and I generally like just skip through it. The ones that I may not fast forward or skip through is even though they're reading it, there at least there's some banter in there and their personalities come out it come out in this conversation and it's less commercially. So those, so those kind of copy reads from the hosts are, are much, much better. I prefer those much. Less commercially. So if you break it down by gender and uh, generation, things do vary, but I think it's ultimately how familiar you are with podcasts. The millennial men who are huge, huge podcast consumers and a big part of this sample. There you've got 80% who say, yeah, I, I do listen to at least some version, some facts, some portion of the commercial inventory within a podcast. I, I like it when it just sounds like good energy and, and uh, hits all the points, tries to make it kind of funny. I always appreciate that. I often will listen to them, but you sometimes are able to fast forward through them and I'll be, be guilty to doing that from time to time if I'm able. I generally don't enjoy commercials and podcasts except for heavyweight. Heavyweight. Yeah. Those guys are so funny usually and snarky and they go a little bit off script enough that it's pretty entertaining. I actually like to listen to the commercials on those podcasts. On every other podcast, I just skip through it. I just don't like it when they're repetitive. So if it's like the same three, three subjects and every commercial break is the same three commercials. That's what bothers me. If advertising doesn't last more than say a minute and it stays in the podcaster's voice, I am far more likely to continue listening. Sometimes they're pre-recorded, but mostly like he'll kind of tie in, add to, you know, a caller's issue or story that they had just wrapped up on. This is a recommendation for something that I might actually need at some point. So have you ever taken action because of something you heard about on a commercial on a podcast? That's the job, by the way, of commercial to have you take action, buy something. Just Not that I'm aware of. Teen a little bit. Thought about it briefly, but nah. At least thought about it. 38% have been influenced to make a purchase because of a podcast commercial. This is an incredibly potent, powerful medium with so much potential. I don't recall, but... But I certainly have checked out websites. I know that I've at least gotten that far in the process. Checked it out. I don't recall, but, but. There's brands that I do want to support, but you know, some of them are price prohibitive. But I still look at them and put them on a wish list. Maybe I'll get it for my birthday. If it's applicable to the topic of the podcast, and I see the value for me on a daily basis, like I'm, I'm definitely open to that. And again, it's a source that I trust, I think is the biggest thing. Trust. So if you break it out by how much they listen, of course, the more acclimated they are to being podcast listeners, the more likely they are to feel comfortable transacting something because they heard it on the podcast. 
I think it was from Hollywood Handbook. The host sort of built it into the show in this really unique way. And I think I did end up purchasing something. I bought a mattress. And <laughs> guess what? Squarespace. I now have a Squarespace website. And I have a, a Helix mattress. And those were because they were ads on podcasts. Yeah, so I would say so for the Huberman Lab podcast, again, since it's neuroscience based, he recommends some products. So Athletic Greens is a product that I recently purchased um, through his referral code. Again, it was a sponsor read. It's not necessarily commercial. Similarly, the Helix mattress he recommends. So I'm considering buying that in the next month or so. We do work sometimes. So yes, I did actually buy life insurance through a company that I heard advertised on a podcast. So among the people who bought something using a discount code, their top five podcast topics, health, fitness, true crime, comedy, business, news, bought something, anything, comedy, health, fitness, business, true crime, news, considered, at least got to the gate. You know, it was like, well, maybe. And I, I would suggest that if you did this, ask these exact same questions among TV viewers or radio listeners or billboard viewers, the numbers wouldn't be as high. I do think that podcasting has a way of engaging people and eliciting trust from people that other media might not have. And the opportunity to, to connect the content to the, to the service or good that's being advertised. So. Listeners get to where they're going, or the kids come home for school, or the dishes get done, whatever. Um, they abandon the episode. Do they come back? Do they, hear, do they hear the full content? Some of them don't. A lot of the people we talked to said, oh yeah, I always go back. But when we quantified it, we got some different numbers, which is why you always quantify. So how much of each podcast episode do you listen to? 56% claim, I listen to the complete episode. If I'm interrupted, I go back and I finish it. I trust them somewhat. Uh, listen until I'm interrupted and then I stop, or I listen until I'm tired and then I skip to another thing, another podcast. Promoting ahead keeps people listening. At the beginning of a podcast, if they preview things they're going to be talking about, are you more likely to listen to the whole thing because you want to hear what's coming? Or, well, I'm going to wait till I get to the thing that you told me about that I'm not so interested in. Overall, it's so beneficial to promote ahead, promote ahead, promote ahead. If you break it down by generation and gender, I had to laugh at this, and that's why I put it up. Uh, Gen Z men, uh, males, the 14 to uh, 25s here, they're looking for a way out. Yeah, I'm, 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 yeah I think they're going to come up with something I don't want to hear, and so I want to skip to the new thing. They are itchy and, and want to get to the next thing. Recently, I unsubscribed from the Skinny Confidential. Some of them got super long, like over an hour and a half long, which again is just kind of hard to pay attention for that long to what's going on. Feels like more than an hour would be not so great. I feel like the ideal length to me is like 50 minutes or something, you know, that feels like the sweet spot. And then once you get past like an hour and a half, I'm kind of like, all right, this is a bit much for one thing. So this is our number six point quality manners. Are the levels even? Do they start yelling at the commercials? That's people notice that stuff. How about the mic quality? Um, this is all important to them. People talking over each other. We had quite a number of conversations about the banter at the beginning where they giggle and talk over each other. 
It's a good way to lose them. Um, so this, this all comes under the heading of quality. And in fact, 30% of this sample of 1,691 uh, 14 to 57-year-old frequent podcast listeners say nothing. Nothing bothers me. 70% turns out have complaints. They have some issues. Poorly mixed audio. Talk about the same things over and over, different episodes of the same podcast. I have great expectations, but then it delivers me not so much. Takes too long to make a point. Hard to follow. They jump around. Bad audio quality. In 2022, that just shouldn't be, but somehow it is. I think one of the things many podcast listeners appreciate is they aren't all people with nice round tones. They sound like actual people, but bad voices are still a problem for some. It does vary by gender and generation, so I put it up here. Overall, it's 30% say nothing bothers me. It's all fine. But for Gen Z females, talk about the same thing over and over. Dip different episodes not being of equal quality for millennial men turns out to be a, a problem. The twitchy... I want to get to the next thing, find me something to entertain me. The Gen Z males are upset that, well, they jump around. I don't know what's going to happen next. It drives me crazy when the audio volume changes to louder. It just, it's jarring. Or like the sound of the podcaster's voice, just they change their cadence really drastically. So it's not like a flow. I find that very irritating. Sometimes, you know, audio quality can, can lack a little bit, but I think most podcasts get that figured out over time. Sometimes when it's bad audio mixing, that drives me nuts. If it's like a poorly mixed, like I can't hear what's being said, if the audio quality isn't there, like, nope, nope, I'm out. So these are our six things. We had 30 minutes. I think we did pretty well for 30 minutes. Um, this was a very rich and, uh, and deep study. There was a lot more stuff in it, some applying to advertisers, some applying to um, podcast producers, technology. But these are the things for this conference we thought would be most relevant for you, and we're happy to take a couple of questions if you have them. Yes, sir, in the back. I'm curious how you chose the people who you uh, If they showed up, we interviewed them. <laughs> I will, I, it, was a, it was nationwide. And they had, to, they had to pass a screener. These people had to be big fans. They also had to speak fairly lucid English. You would be amazed. Um, so clearly, uh, the sample, we, we actually had hours and hours. And bless Jay's heart. Jay Gilbert sat and put everything into bite-sized pieces. And um, we put them into files. I've got, I've got a, my Dropbox has all these video clips, and I have no idea what that one young lady was looking at up in the sky, but she said important things, so we let her stay. <laughs> Other questions? Uh, I'm curious. I saw on one of the graphs there about YouTube and the power of YouTube, and in the conversations, was that a driving force for younger demos watching and discovering using YouTube, and, and is that now like video quality good? I feel like you know I hear a lot of we're gonna add a YouTube video, and that you know like I, I, I'm not necessarily a video watcher, but I, I feel like that's coming on strong. For younger people, particularly, the the line between what's a podcast and what's a YouTube video is pretty fluid. So you know, quite honestly, some of those people are thinking of themselves as consuming a podcast even though they're watching a YouTube video. 
that certainly drives some of that number. I will tell you, we are, they're not here right now. I have a whole division of, of our company that does marketing. Um, YouTube is gangbusters. We use our research to focus in on our clients' um, preferred marketing medium. And YouTube is just a fabulous way not only to, to share content, but as an advertising medium. And um, TrueView allows you to get a lot done and not pay very much until they figure that out. I mean, Google, you know, they know where the money is. But in terms of being able to target very precisely, you know, particularly against the scale of economy for so many podcasts, it's a wonderful tool. And if they don't view it, you can, as Carolyn said, use TrueView where they didn't actually watch. We don't actually pay. Yeah. Gary, you had something to... Um, you had mentioned that um, one of the benefits of podcasting is that there's so many places to discover them. Do you ever hear that there are, there are, that's confusing and that they want to find a place where they can get curated content or podcasts that they kind of like already, similar? Of course they do. We all are. You know, it used to be pretty easy when, you know, some of us are old enough to remember when there were three or four TV channels. You kind of knew what you were going to watch that night. It's gotten harder and harder, and podcasting is, you know, you hear t people talking about watching, feeling they spend too much time watching the, the uh, content guide on Netflix. They're trying to decide what to watch. I did that last night, by the way. No, no. So recommendation engines? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is there a winner yet? Oh, no. Right. And I hear that the sweet spot for uh, the length of a commercial might be 50 seconds or 60 to 90 seconds. We, we didn't do length of commercial uh, in this we, one. We definitely heard that the sweet spot for length of a podcast would be something approaching an hour. There are so many podcasts that are pushing completely. Or whatever your particular commute is, actually. Right. That's, um, that's but in terms idea. of length of, of commercial... Not really. It's how long can you interest me is yep. really ultimately the, the decider there. Yes? Any uh, research into the difference between a live podcast and a pre-recorded one, a live one you, you have engagement? Absolutely. Um, Isn't that radio? I mean, that's the, the idea that the, that the commercial sounds like it's integrated into the podcast huge factor um the the one woman talking about a live podcast actually oh, oh live podcast yeah yeah that's that's called radio right? <laughs> yeah. but yeah that would work too yeah but the live read was actually absolutely more effective as people have tried to get fancier and fancier with production if you can integrate the commercial break within your podcast that seems to be moving the meter well, the reason to be more clear is that mm -hmm. So I listen to a lot of podcasts. I get a notification on my phone of whoever, you know, from LinkedIn or wherever. Like, oh, whatever I'm listening to is pre-recorded. Right. I might stop that because I can come back to that. Right. But I go live because something is current. I don't know what we're talking about, but could be a good guest. And you can engage in real time. So I'm curious, you know, that must increase the numbers of listenership across the board if you can engage. Sure. We haven't asked about that yet, but it might be in next year's. Sure. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for your time. Thank you.
That podcast was a podcast radio original. Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food. So, come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app.